Hey, welcome once again to Freedom Bible Church. Uh, my name is Joel. I'm the pastor here, and we're really honored to have you with us today. Um, happy Mother's Day to all you moms out there. We want to, uh, we really miss, honestly, um, ever since I've pastored churches, we've given out like flowers, carnations and things to all the ladies in church on Mother's Day, and we really miss being able to do that this year. So as soon as we're able to gather together, you'll have to remind me to make sure that we honor our, our ladies that way and thanking all our moms for all the sacrifices that they, they make. Uh, if you're part of our Freedom family, welcome back. If you've never been online with us before, or on Facebook with us before, or on YouTube, I uh, just want to say welcome. You can go to our webpage, uh, www.freedombible.church, to, to learn more about us. But we're all about making disciples like Jesus. That's what we're about, is make disciples like Jesus, teach His Word well, and make much of God, is, is what we try to do here. And we're glad that you joined us for Bible teaching this morning. We encourage the head of the homes to lead their families in prayer, lead their families in worship. On our website, we've got some suggested songs that really make much of God. I uh, would love to have you uh, engage in that. Some people are asking, hey, when are we going to start gathering together again and, and not be um, in, in this distance mode? And we really don't know yet. Our leaders have been meeting every week. I'll give you more of an update next week. But we have decided that on May the 30th, it's a Saturday. We're going to come together for a church work day. We feel like we can uh, employ the proper distancing outside there, get back together, work together, and serve together because that's what, part of what we're about, knowing Jesus, following Jesus, serving Jesus, and obeying Jesus. So we're going to serve together that day from 9 a.m. till noon on that Saturday, May 30th. We're going to have Kodrowski's Donuts in the morning, and we'll have pizza uh, for lunch for everybody. And be able to enjoy that day uh, together. But as far as gathering on a Sunday together, we're not in any rush. We're trying to be wise. Uh, we feel like you know during this time, we haven't stopped being church. We've just taken the church, taken Jesus to our homes, to our communities. And so we're not sweating that at all. We'll, we'll try to do the right thing at the right time using good judgment and wisdom. Uh, would you pray with me? And we'll get started today. Uh, good morning once again, Father. Thank you for being so kind to us, so generous to us, for providing for each one of us, Lord, during this during this uh, quarantine time. Father, this is Mother's Day, and I know that some moms might not be able to see their kids or grandkids in person, but I pray that they would have an enjoyable day regardless. Father, I also pray there might be some gals out there who are married and had, have had tried to have kids, and haven't been able to, Father. And this day, this can be like a little bit of a sting or a hurtful day. And I pray for your comfort for those want-to-be moms who haven't been able to do that, Father. So please, please help and bless them. And Lord, we also recognize that, that abortion in this country is rampant. There's been more deaths from abortion than from the virus. And Lord, there's some, some gals out there and some men out there who carry a heavy weight uh, of guilt and shame after having gone through that abortion, Lord. And we pray that they would turn to you, that they would find forgiveness and freedom and healing in Christ. So just a lot of things, Lord, on Mother's Day that, that come to light. And we pray that, that all, all our gals, wherever they're at, would just look to you and you would be elevated on this day. We honor moms, but we give most honor highly to, to you, Father. Um, Lord, now as we read your word, we pray that you would speak to us 
and challenge us and change us and encourage us. Let your word do its work in each one of our lives. We pray, please, through Jesus. Amen. Well, I'm hoping for two things um, this week. We're in uh, week three of a six-week series on the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry, today's week four. We've already gone through three. And I hope that today it's both interesting and also joyfully enlightening that you're learning some new biblical things about the Holy Spirit, but also beginning to be aware of who he is, what he does, and how he can impact our lives and use us to impact other lives. So I'm, I'm hoping it's interesting and joyfully enlightening, but I'm also hoping that uh, you are talking to and learning to listen to the Holy Spirit as he's actively growing you. Remember last week we said he sanctifies us and that he's leading and using you to glorify God and to make disciples. That's what I'm hoping for. Now, during the three previous Sundays, we saw who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And now today, very practically, we're asked the question, well, how do I practically walk in the Spirit? How can I be filled by, led by, uh, empowered by, anointed by, and sent by the Spirit like Jesus was in Luke chapter 4? How can that happen to me? We're going to begin today with just a short exhortation from the Apostle Paul. It's in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says, If we are living now by the Holy Spirit, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Now, if you want a good definition of what it means to walk in the Spirit, it's right here where I'm living and following. I'm living in the Spirit and following the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of my life. That's a good description of how to do that. And then Paul goes on to describe in another letter that he wrote, a letter to the Ephesians, exactly how do I live by the Spirit and follow the Holy Spirit's leading. And that's where we're going to spend most of our time today. And that's in Ephesians chapter 5. And so you can read along with me if you have the handout from our email or you can follow along on the screen or in your, your Bible or device. Ephesians 5, 15 to 21 says, So be careful then how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. Now just a little side note here. The Holy Spirit, as he's leading you, will not lead you to do foolish things. Foolish behavior, foolish habits. If you do those things, those are on you. Those are on me, not on the Spirit. Now, the culture we live in can lead you to foolishness. Foolish people can lead you to foolishness. Your own desires will lead you to foolishness, but not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will lead you to do what's good, to do what is wise. And I want you to notice here that it mentions that these are evil days. These days are evil. There's a lot of anger in our world and culture. A lot of blaming. A lot of insulting. Those are, are evil things. And I mentioned earlier, we don't know when we're going to gather together um, again the next time as, as a church. But when we do, um, and I just want to say, we don't have to reopen. We've always been open. So we're not reopening. But when we regather together... 
When we do, some, some of you will probably think, you know, this is too soon. We're gathering together too soon. Some of you would think, why did it take so long? We should have been gathering weeks ago. When we start to gather together, let's agree that we're going to be civil, that we're going to bear with one another. These days are evil where people fight and are in anger and, and argue and blame. We're not going to do that as a church. We're going to bear with one another. Let's go on to verse 17. Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. So in our lives, try to discern and understand what does God want you to do. It doesn't matter what I want to do or what other people want me to do. What does God want me to do? Try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Verse 18, don't be drunk with wine. Some people say, well, the Bible says don't get drunk with wine. I can get drunk on other substances. No, that's not what it's saying here. Don't be drunk with wine because you will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Don't be under the influence of alcohol or any other substance, but instead be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, then, as a result of walking in the Spirit, as a result of living by and following the lead of the Holy Spirit, then you will sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves making music to the Lord in your hearts. And you will always give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. I just want to make a short note of that last phrase. Our motive when I'm walking in the Holy Spirit will be reverence for Christ. My motive for wanting to walk in the Spirit isn't my best life now. My motive is not what's in it for me, what's best for me, how can the Holy Spirit benefit me, or what makes me look good. My motive is I want to have reverence for Christ, honor for Christ. The Holy Spirit's desire is to bring honor and reverence to Christ. And the Holy Spirit will lead me to want to bring reverence and honor to Christ. Well, let's begin digging in to see how you and I can practically walk in the Spirit. How you and I can live by and follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. We're going to begin just by looking at verse 18, first of all. And notice that to, to walk in the Spirit, I need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. The second half of verse 18 says, let the Holy Spirit control you. Now, this word for control, I don't know if this means anything to you, but it's the word plerao, plerao, Greek word. And it means to be being filled, to be continually refilling yourself. And you say, be being filled. That's not proper English. Well, we don't have that word in English. It means that you need to be like a glass and the Holy Spirit is like water being poured into you continuously from a pitcher or from a spigot. Just the, the water is continually flowing into you. You're be, being filled. It's almost as if you have a pinhole in the bottom of the cup and water leaks out and you need to continually have the Holy Spirit poured into you. Well, exactly how does that happen? I think it mean, I guess it happens by beginning each day, because remember, there's that pinhole. So at the beginning of the day, ask 
the Holy Spirit to fill you. Maybe as you're laying in bed in the morning after you wake up and you say, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me today. Please fill me today. And at the same time, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, examine me. Is there any sin from yesterday that I didn't take care of with you? Is there, Examine me and point it out. Because remember, we saw a couple weeks ago that the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. So Holy Spirit, is there anything that I need to get rid of? It's almost like a, a taking off and a putting on. I'm taking off sin, putting on the Spirit that day. I start off by, by asking him. In Luke chapter 11, verses 9 and 13, Jesus said, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Well, what was Jesus talking about here? Maybe you've heard these verses before. What, what was the subject here? Well, if we look at verse 13, Jesus goes on to say, If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So when Jesus said, ask and it will be given, seek and you'll find, he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. So ask for the Holy Spirit and then seek. Look for the Holy Spirit. And how do we seek him? It's by opening up God's word. You know, we beat this drum all the time. The importance of uh, God's word in our life. As we read, asking the Holy Spirit to fill me, to come upon me, to refill me, to be being filled by the Holy Spirit. So ask and seek, uh, looking in the word. And as I'm looking in the word, listening, listening to the Holy Spirit. So the first step to uh, walking in the Spirit is to be filled by, by asking Him. And remember, it's, it's a putting on the Spirit as I'm taking off the sin. From verse 18, the first part of verse 18, we see that uh, to walk in the Spirit, I need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The first part of verse 18 says, don't be drunk on wine because that will ruin your life. Uh, this word uh, for uh, ruin your life, it's the word debauchery. If you want a good old religious word, it means to be reckless. It means to be, to be careless. Um, it means to you'll have regrets. Don't be drunk on wine. That will ruin your life. But let the Holy Spirit control you. The idea here is to ask the question, what's controlling me? What has influence over me? Is it alcohol? Or some other foreign substance? Um, is it your appetite? That your appetite controls you? Or maybe it's greed or a personal desire. Or maybe your emotions control you, whether it's anger or fear. Maybe jealousy controls you. Maybe other people influence you and control you. Maybe you have an addiction. Maybe you're addicted to your phone, playing games on your phone or watching TV. Maybe you're addicted to Facebook for hours a day. Maybe it's sexual pleasures that's your addiction, and that's what's controlling you. Uh, what we do here is we're walking in the Spirit as I identify and I become aware of what could possibly be controlling me, and then I reject that thing. Don't be drunk on the wine. You reject that thing. Instead, I continually and consciously let the Holy Spirit control me. And as I let the Holy Spirit control me, guess what? These sinful things have less power over me. It becomes easier to reject those things 
as I live under the control of the Holy Spirit. Paul said this uh, back in Galatians 5, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The, the sinful things will have less power over you. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and we all know that, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. So the, the Holy Spirit and your sinful nature are in conflict with each other. And whichever one you reject loses, whichever one you feed wins that war. And maybe, you're, maybe this is um, a, a reality that you're going through in your life. Maybe you're young in your faith and you're saying, you know what, I've got so many sin habits from my past that it just takes a lot to overcome those things. And that's true. And so it's daily getting up, asking the Holy Spirit to, to fill you, asking him to make you aware of anything you need to confess, confess it, turn from it, and then walk with him that day. Seek him, read his word. Maybe you've been a believer a long time, maybe decades, and you say, you know what? God has grown me. He's been sanctifying me. I'm more like Jesus. I've been learning to walk in the spirit. But man, there's a couple of sins they're besetting sins. I can't seem to shake those things. How do I get rid of those things? There's no magic pill to take. It's just that daily asking the Holy Spirit to fill you, taking off any of that sin, and then seeking him in his word and asking him to help you and fill you that day. And it doesn't stop there, not at the beginning of the day, but you keep on going throughout the day. Be being filled. Keep asking him, being aware all throughout the day. So examine yourself, confess that sin, turn from that sin, reject that sin, and put on the Holy Spirit. Ask him for help, seek him, walk with him. And that causes me to be careful how I live. Verse 15 and 16 says, be careful how you live. And that means to watch out. It means to be aware. Really, it means to be intentional about what you do. Be careful how you live, not foolish, but wise. Make the most of your opportunities. Now, there's two imperatives here. First of all, the don't be foolish means be on the defensive to watch out. Look around you. Don't do foolish things. Don't do stupid things. Don't do careless things. Don't be thoughtless, but be thoughtful about what you do. Guard your eyes. Guard your mind. Guard your ears, guard your words, guard your conduct. Be careful what you do. Don't say, think about, listen to, look out or do foolish things. Be careful not to do foolish things. Be careful how you live. So be on the defensive, but also be on the offensive. Not just watch out you don't do foolish things, but watch, look around for wise things that you can do. The Holy Spirit, as, as you walk with him, he will lead you to opportunities, opportunities to wisely serve Jesus and obey Jesus. Uh, during this COVID-19 lockdown, people are not allowed to go to restaurants and eat there, but they can do carry out and drive through. And I know of a person who was going through a drive through of a fast food restaurant and the Holy Spirit as this teaching this person to look out for wise things to do. The Holy Spirit was leading this person to pay for the meal of the person behind him in, in the drive through line. The Holy Spirit was leading to do something wise. I've got a number of friends who have adopted children. And it was the Holy Spirit moving them, prompting them, leading them 
to, to adopt these kids. I've got a friend in New Jersey that I was talking to this last week, and he and his wife are not able to have kids of their own, so they started to foster child, to be foster parents of different kids, and, and uh, eventually adopted a couple of the kids, and the foster agency loved them so much because they're great, great parents, great parents, that they keep bringing them more foster kids, and they've adopted more. I've got a friend in Minnesota that he and his wife have three boys, and they're great parents. These are great boys they're raising, and the Lord was prompting them, the Holy Spirit, leading them to look around for opportunities, and they had the opportunity to adopt a little girl from Liberia, and and so they did under the Holy Spirit, leading them on the offensive to look for things, to be careful how they live, and live that way. I'm going to show you a slide here. I don't know if you can see. This is my friend Camoro. He's, he's a pastor from Tanzania that I got to meet this past October. And he sent me these pictures this last week. Um, our, our message is called How to Walk in the Spirit. And he's actually walking to a village as the Holy Spirit was leading him on the offensive, looking for wise things to do and minister to people. This is a brand new village that he's never been to. He's going to share with people there the good news of Jesus as the Holy Spirit leads him. This is my friend Anton. Anton is uh, our missionary, Michael Titus's little brother. Um, Anton, Michael started Community Life Church around the same time that we started Freedom Bible Church. Uh, there are about 50, 60 people in that church, and they're located in a, in a small rural vid, village. Um, most, it's predominantly Muslim people there, and they're being affected by this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, they are suffering. It's an emerging, uh, developing nation. They are suffering by not having enough food, not having jobs, not having work. And so what their church did was they gathered a lot of food and then they took it to all the families in that village. Why did they do that? Why did Camoro walk to all these different villages? It's because the Holy Spirit told them to be careful how they live. Not just be on the defensive against sin, but be on the offensive, looking for ways that the Holy Spirit wants to use me to bless other people. Use me to make disciples of other people. Use me to serve and obey Jesus as I'm impacting other people. So we want to be on the offensive, be wise. But also, remember, on the defensive, don't be foolish. Why? Because these are evil days. It's easy in these evil days to get caught up in foolishness and sin. And when I live foolishly, guess what happens? Is I grieve. I end up grieving the Holy Spirit of God. You know, Ephesians 4.30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, if you can imagine as a parent, when your young child does something foolish, it breaks your heart, it grieves your heart, it, it wounds you and hurts you as a parent. And when we live foolishly, when we live disobediently, it grieves the Holy Spirit. And if I continue to live foolishly, if I continue to live in sin, remember the Holy Spirit convicts me of sin. And if I ignore his conviction and continue in that sin, continue in that foolishness, continue in that disobedience, um, I'm I'm grieving the spirit. But I can actually I can actually quench the spirit. First Thessalonians 5.19 says, don't put out the spirit's fire. Don't dump a bucket of water on that spirit and quench him and put out the fire. But that's what happens if I continually live in sin. Now, I want to remind you that you cannot lose the Holy Spirit. 
You live in sin, and he says, okay, I'll see you later. I'm gone. That's not how it works. He does not leave. Remember we saw in John 14, 16, that he will not leave us. He's always here. I cannot lose him, but I can ignore him. And when I sin and live in foolishness and I don't respond to his conviction, I'm ignoring him. And as I continue down that path, I grieve him and I end up quenching him. There's a difference between sinning and living in sin. When I sin, it grieves the spirit. But when I repent, I get filled up again. But if I continue in that sin and don't repent, that grieves him and then that quenches him. And you might ask the question, well, how do I rekindle that Holy Spirit fire? Maybe you're living in a place right now where you're like, man, I've been ignoring the Holy Spirit. And I feel like he doesn't listen to me anymore. I feel like he's gone. I feel like he's not there. How do I rekindle that that fire? You know, it's, it's really easy. It's repent. It's not some magic formula. Uh, it's not a bunch of Hail Marys. It's not an incantation. It's simply uh, humble yourself before God and repent. And return to him and ask for the Holy Spirit. Seek him. Ask and seek. Open his word and turn back to him. It's a simple process of coming back. Well, let's keep moving. There, there's one more thing that facilitates walking in the Holy Spirit, uh, living by and following the Holy Spirit's leading, and that is simply think about what God wants. Verse 17 says, uh, don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Well, how do I understand what God wants me to do? It's by giving thought to him. Not being thoughtless, but thinking, being mindful, being aware of what God wants. Thinking about, what do you want me to do? How do I know what God wants? How do I think about what God wants? Again, it starts with picking up the word and reading the word and seeing what does he want me to do. You know, another great thing is, is there is a lot of great books available to you to know the heart and mind of God. Christian disciple books. I've just got a few I want to point out to you. I want you to be able to see this one. It's called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. It's by the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle named Jim Cimbala. This is a book about the Holy Spirit. This is a book that influenced and impacted me and helped me to think about what God wants. This is a book called Money, Possessions, and Eternity by Randy Alcorn. I think you can get this book for free on Randy Alcorn's website, Money, Possessions, and Eternity. I've read this book, and a lot of the questions we have are about uh, money and handling money wisely and storing up treasure in heaven. This is a great book to think about what God wants. Uh, one other book I've got with me, it's called uh, The Imperfect Disciple. That sounds like a great title for my life. The Imperfect Disciple by Jared Wilson. This is a great book. I read it a couple years ago, and it will help you to think about what God wants. There's one other book I want to really recommend. It's called First Hand Faith. First Hand Faith by Bruce Wilkinson. Bruce Wilkinson, First Hand Faith. I've got the book. It's in a box somewhere in my basement, but I'd really recommend it. If you want to think about what God wants reading God's Word, reading some great disciple books, and also listen to good Bible teaching. 
we try to provide good Bible teaching here at Freedom Bible Church every week. Um, I think I shared last week that when I'm on the treadmill, I listen to a pastor named Erwin Lutzer preaching. There's some great sermons out there. And if you want some suggestions, just, just ask. And we'll try to steer you away from the bad preaching and steer you to the good Bible teaching. So these habits, these habits, they'll help you to think about what God wants. And what it'll do, it'll raise the power level of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let's see a couple more biblical insights. Romans 8, 5 says those who live according to the sinful nature, those who live foolishly, have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit, live by the Spirit, follow the Spirit's lead, those who live in accordance with the Spirit, they have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. So really, what you set your mind on, what you think about, that's really coursing out your destiny. Setting the course for your destiny, what you think about. So think about what God wants. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Since then, you've been raised with Christ. You've put your faith in Christ. He's given you the Holy Spirit. Since that, since that's happened, set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Think about what God wants. Don't set my mind on the earthly things, not on things that, that I want, not on things that this world values. Don't let the world, the media, the advertising, the Facebook, the government, don't let those things set the agenda of your mind. Let God set the agenda of your mind. And then I love 2 Corinthians 10.5. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So if you're entertaining a, a greedy or covetous thought, if, if Satan or your flesh puts this thought into your mind, a greedy thought, you know what, I would love to have a brand new Nissan Titan pickup. This greedy, covetous thought, take it captive. Make it obedient to Christ. Say, you know what, that truck is not going to ultimately make me happy. I could find a 10-year-old truck that's going to be a lot less expensive that's going to suit the needs that I have. Take that covetous thought captive. Make it obedient to Christ. If you have a, a lustful thought, take it captive. Make it obedient to Christ where the, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to live righteously. If you have a jealous thought or an angry thought or a hateful thought or a, even a self-loathing thought, thinking less of yourself, take those thoughts captive Make them obedient to Christ. Think about what God wants. Well, let's finish quickly by, we're going to look at three quick things here that are the results. The results of walking in the Spirit. Um, and these are all good things. These are beautiful things. And first thing is, you're going to have a worshipful heart. Verse 19 said, uh, You will sing songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Just want to point out two things here. First of all, it's those words to the Lord. True worship is really about the Lord. It's to Him. It's for Him. It's not for me. Maybe you've said before or heard before. I've probably even said it before. Hey, worship was awesome today. Boy, I really enjoyed worship. But the worship, it's not for my enjoyment. It's for God's enjoyment. We want him to be the one who say, hey, I enjoyed that worship today. I thought that worship was awesome today. It's not for me. It's not about me. It's for him. It's to him. So first of all, to the Lord. Second of all, I want to point out, uh, he uses the words in your hearts. 
Now, we normally associate worship with singing, but I want you to know we worship in, in many other ways. We can worship God by our work. If I'm doing my very best at my job with my motive being for the Lord, I can worship him by my work. Maybe you've got some gifts, some gifts in music, some gifts in sports, some gifts um, that are dramatic gifts. If you use those gifts for him, honoring him for those gifts he's given you, that's an act of worship. You can worship the Lord through prayer, just by telling him how great he is, how mighty he is, how thankful you are for him. You can worship the Lord by giving. We talk about that at Freedom. Uh, you know, when we give an offering, uh, when we make a donation to the church, we want it to be out of worship for him. Thankful for what he's done for us, for how he's provided for, for us. Honoring him, obeying him. But in this passage, it specifically talks about worship in the form of singing. When you sing songs among yourselves, make music to the Lord in your hearts. Now, just because you have a beautiful voice and you're singing beautifully doesn't necessarily mean that you're worshiping the Lord in your heart. Maybe I'm worshiping and I'm doing it for the people to hear. Maybe I'm doing it because I really enjoy singing. My motive is I'm doing it for the Lord. What's really neat is you can have a below average voice. You could be a, a poor singer. But if you are singing to the Lord from your heart, in your heart, boy, that's pleasing to him. That's much more meaningful than if I'm singing with a beautiful voice and don't mean it for the Lord. So first of all, a result of the Holy Spirit is I'll have a worshipful heart. Um, second thing is I'll also have a thankful heart. Verse 20 says that you will always give thanks for everything. Even right now in this lockdown time, we can give thanks for everything for difficulty, for calamity, for sickness, for, for struggle. We can give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So thankfulness, a thankful heart, that will become the new normal for you as you walk in the Spirit. Not a complaining heart, not a jealous heart, not an entitlement heart. Not a woe is me, feel sorry for me heart. Not a selfish heart or a superior heart or a demanding heart or a smug or proud or arrogant heart. Not a fearful heart. But when I walk in the Spirit, I will have a thankful heart. I won't be a complainer. I won't be jealous. I won't be entitled. All those things. All those thoughts, I'll take those captive and make them obedient to Christ. I will think about what God wants, not what I want or how I feel. I'll make them obedient to Christ and I'll be thankful to Christ. And finally, have a worshipful heart, a thankful heart. In verse 21, I'll have a humble heart, which says you will submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. This is describing a humble heart, not a me first heart. But a submissive to Christ heart, submissive to other people heart. So as the Holy Spirit fills and leads and empowers me to follow, serve, and obey Jesus, I won't be demanding. I won't be self-serving. I won't be fueled by ego or arrogance, but rather by humility. A humble heart is a settled heart. Not anxious doesn't always have to be right. Um, a, a settled heart 
A humble heart is able to compliment other people, not always wanting to be recognized, wanting the accolades, wanting to be complimented. See, as you walk in the Spirit, and as I walk in the Spirit, we'll develop this humble, thankful, worshipful, settled heart. How do we get that kind of a heart? By being filled with the Spirit daily, asking and seeking, being filled, be being filled. By being under the influence and under the control of the Holy Spirit. I take off the sin, I put on the Spirit. I'm careful how I live, not foolish, but wise. I watch out for those foolish things and I'm watching for opportunities as the Spirit leads to do what's wise. And then also think about, think about what does God want? My mind is on things above. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for your word. Um, I want to thank you for your spirit. It's only by your spirit's power that we can understand your words. It's only by your spirit's power that we can obey your words. And I pray that we would all do that, that we would live in the spirit following the leading of the Spirit, Lord, that we be people who walk in the Spirit, that we're quick to repent when we sin, that we have ears wide open, eyes wide open to your Spirit through your Word so that we can live obediently and live wisely, not foolishly. Uh, Pray that today, Father, as a result of this, we would all be worshipful, thankful, and humble people, Father. Uh, That's our prayer through Jesus. Amen. All right, hey, let's look at our disciple pathway for, for this week. Um, our memory verse this week is memorize Galatians 5.16. Real easy verse. Live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Amen. We need that verse. We don't want to uh, ruin our lives by gratifying the desires of the sinful nature and living foolishly, but instead wisely. And then our, our reading plan this week is Acts uh, 18 through 23. Last week we did 12 through 22, or I'm sorry, 12 through 17. This week, 18 through 23. And then actually next week we're going to finish up the book of Acts. And as you're reading, just observe how did the apostles walk in the Spirit? How did they do it? And then practice yourself thinking about what does God want me to do? Maybe picking up one of these books and reading about what does God want me to do? And then practice asking and seeking for the Holy Spirit, asking him to fill and guide you every day. I'm going to ask you to come on back next week. Next week is is week five. We're actually, our last two weeks are all about uh, how do we actually quench the Spirit. What are things that actually quench that Spirit? We talked about that today, but we'll look at those next week and the week after. I hope you have a great week. Happy Mother's Day to your moms, and God bless you all.